Welcome to Everything Co-op, bringing you information on how cooperatives can help improve your quality of life. This show is being sponsored by the National Co-op Bank, NCB. The NCB is dedicated to strengthening communities nationwide for the delivery of banking and financial services for the nation's cooperatives, their members, and other socially responsible organizations. For more information on the power of community ownership, visit ncb.coop. That's ncb.coop. Now stay tuned for your host, Vernon Oaks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Everything Co-op. You know, this is the month of March, and we've been celebrating Women's History Month. And so we certainly have a special guest in the studio today, or on the line today. And um, she's someone who is associated with an organization that we've been celebrating for a few years now. Her name is Frankie Harris, and she is one of the founding members of Ujima Collective. Welcome, Frankie. Good morning. How are you? Fantastic, and thank you so much for appearing on Everything Co-op today. Uh, we certainly appreciate your your coming on and celebrating Women's History Month. It's a monumental occasion, and we certainly appreciate your joining in. The main theme is, nevertheless, she persisted. And I think wow. that the women at Ujima Collective have persisted, and you are evidence of that. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Ujima Collective. But let's start with you. Okay, well, first of all, I, my name is Frankie Harris. I am a 63-year-old woman of African descent. I live in the historic Hill District in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I'm the single mom of a 14-year-old son. My personal goals and my time right now and my station in life where I am is to not just create but to be able to present sustainable types of opportunities for the communities and the artists and artisans who live within our jurisdictions. So that's the primary goals that we have. Enough about me and to tell you about Ujima Collective. Ujima is about the sharing of wealth. It is about cooperatives. It is about working together. And one of the primary goals of Ujima in and of itself is to do the collective work and to support the artists, to give them opportunities to create their work, to have a place to showcase their work, and to give the community an opportunity to see the types of work that we have been creating for years and for centuries, certainly in time. So for us, it's been the exposure of the artists to the community and the community to the artists and artisans. So that's really, truly the work that, that Ujima has been doing from its inception. Uh, it started with artists and artisans who had done different types of vending throughout the different um, activities and the gatherings to the city. And in that conversation, when they continued to find each other in the similar places, that's when the conversation began. 
And certainly to just go from a conversation into a reality, it wasn't an easy thing, but it was definitely something that, that the women as a collective found doable. Now, to say that was without any challenges, that wouldn't be true. But that's why we're persevering. That's why we know we're on the right track. That's why we also know that our work has great value. Because I think if something comes easy, I think you have to kind of look at it a little more. But when you have to work for it, I think you appreciate it to a greater extent. Ms. Harris, this is Vernon Oaks. Welcome this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for all that you do for Pittsburgh and the art that's there. Um, just go back. You're 63 with a 14-year-old. <laughs> it's an interesting story. Okay. Um, I am someone who does what we always do. We take care of our own. Amen. And in terms of my son at this stage, I decided, as we have done time and time again, that we don't have to look outside. We don't have to send our children into dynamics and places that aren't, aren't healthy for them. And so for me, it was a personal decision. He um, has been a great joy. I have grandchildren who are both older and younger than he, and he himself is an uncle. So my life has um, different levels, different layers, and it makes me a lot more mindful simply because it keeps me with my finger on the pulse, and it makes me to be aware of all of the things that young people are dealing with inside of our communities. And certainly as a mother, that's primary. That's one of the first goals that I have is making sure that he is well and that he's well-educated. So those are some of the important roles that I have taken upon myself personally to make sure that my son is in a position to reap the benefits of, of leading a life that has more of a development than, than just living, to have a goal and to want something more for not just himself, but for the community that he's a part of. So that's my work right now. I even get with it. Him. I get it. Now, just to make this complete, how many children do you have total? He's my, he represents my fourth. Okay. I have my daughter, who is my eldest. She's 42. And then I have another son. He's 39. And I have another son, age 37. And then my 14-year-old along with four grandchildren, ranging from the age of 22 to 12. So it's a pretty round family, and I have to say it's one of the things I love the most about being in this type of a community because it gives them access to a variety of activities and different things that they, I think, would not have if it weren't for the, um, the art community in and of itself. And we take great, we, we take a lot of, Appreciation, and we take a lot of, we get a lot of um, opportunities, and we respect that because we know that these individuals, in some cases, won't always be here, but because they are here and because they work inside this community, this is the moment in time for us to access them. Oh, so so you're one of those people that persisted. She persisted. <laughs> well, you know what? I have a greater story because I have persisted. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful because I know that it's a power greater than myself. I believe strongly in my God. I believe strongly in my ancestors. One of the things that has actually happened for me is a greater awareness that I not just stand on shoulders, but I need to also be lifting as I am climbing, as I am being elevated, as I am being brought up, as, as I am being given opportunities. I need to be able to take somebody with me. And that's the other part of the work that Ujima does. 
And it's very, very important that it's not just for me, nor is it just about me. It needs to be about the greater community and the family dynamic that we hold so sincerely in our hearts. I got it. Thank you so very much. So you are being elevated as you're elevating. Yes. Okay. That's wonderful. And that happens in co-ops. It does. It does. You know, one of the other things about the conversations that we share in, in our, our facility in and of itself, though it is a boutique initially, was- that boutique serves in ways that people do not imagine. We do the conversations. We do food. We do spoken words so that individuals who want to say something, share a song, share a poem, just a commentary on where are you right now and how are things impacting you. And so we provide that forum. We provide what we consider to be a safe space because sometimes you're feeling things and things are impacting you. You're going through things. And the question is, where do you go? And mm-hmm. it doesn't always require therapy. Sometimes you just need to say what it is you need to say. And sometimes you need also an opportunity to share your talents and your gifts. Share your ideas with others who either have common ideas or be more than willing and interested in helping you bring yours to life. So a lot of what we do is seated in that very principle of establishing and strengthening those types of opportunities. So for us, we've not just done that, but we literally have moved into a space that will give us physical opportunity to give artisans a working space to create and also for other individuals to come in and host their own conferences, to host their own conversations. Those are the things we have learned that our community needs most. So we want to be in the front of providing those opportunities for them. I think we're able to do that right now with our new space. We've got a Take a break. We're going to come back and talk about this space and, and the things that you were selling there. What did you make and you sell? We'll be right back. Please don't touch that dial. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOL, 95.9 FM. Information is power. That's why WOL is a great partner for this show. This show gives you information about cooperatives such that if you take that information and use it, you know, you've got to put some action to the information. That's where the power comes. Just getting the information doesn't, doesn't give the power. Putting the action to it, like Frankie Harris and other women have done to create the Ujima Collective in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So, Frankie, we're back, and thank you so much for being on the show. How did you all get started? If you could tell us that story again. Actually, I wasn't a part of the collective in its inception because of where I live in the community is how I became involved. But I can tell you the story of the women because I had encountered and met them myself throughout the different communities that I would visit to do different kinds of events. So here's the story. Mm-hmm. Various women with various talents, jewelry making, body care products, paper, original cards, photography. They would travel to different events around the city. 
and because they were doing that consistently, and this was the entrepreneurial aspect of what they were doing. They would have full-time jobs, but on weekends and by invitation, they would go and do what we call vending. And so by going to these different locations, consistently encountering each other, meeting to support each other throughout time, they would meet at the libraries and talk about the challenges they had, talk about the goals that they had. So the collective mind began to think about what it would be like if they could all put that energy together. Talita Hickman was the spearhead who spoke in terms of gathering the women and what it would look like and began to put together a plan. Now, because at that time there were funds and funders who were looking to support entrepreneurial types of projects, Ujima Collective did get the nod. Ujima Collective was able to get a storefront, a beautiful street, main street storefront, and to operate that business for eight solid years which in and of itself is a phenomenal feat. I came on board about six years ago, one, as a consumer, because I love my Afrocentric types of body care products, clothing, and the carvings, and all the ethnicities that are represented within the collective itself, which is a cross-section of not just local artists, but we also source from other cities and throughout the diaspora. So that was very attractive to me. Now, the idea that the store existed, the artists were bringing their work, um, things don't just go because you say so. Mm -hmm. Now it's the operational part, the moving part. And I was asked to do the window displays. And as a member of Ujima and as someone who simply believes in putting her shoulder to the wheel and her hands to the work, I accepted that, that invitation. So fast forward. Five years later, <laughs> I have become someone who has invested herself fully Ujima Collective. Everything that I have done up until this moment has not just prepared me, but has put me in a physical position to continue to not just do the work, but be a part of the plans moving the our agenda forward in terms of programming and things along that line. So right now, we're looking at the classroom situation. We're bringing in the senior citizens. We're bringing in the youth, writing workshops, maker activities. So we're doing a myriad of things, but over time, again, this is about sustaining a working program, about enhancing the community. It's about strengthening the families. And through doing that, we know the community will simply be better for it. And that's what Ujima is doing. You know, you sound like you like what you do. I love what I do. <laughs> I really do. I think it's probably demonstrated most in the simplicity of the displays that I do. One of the things that I learned was it wasn't the physical aspect of putting together a display as much as it was the message that I'm sending through the things that I'm placing and how I'm doing that. So I found that the windows were an extension of my voice. And I had to decide very clearly, what did I want to say to this community? What did I want to say to people who might be stopped at that light just for a few moments? And when they glance across the street at the windows, what does that mean to them? And so I took it as a very serious endeavor, and I've sharpened my skills, 
I've put my heart into the ideas that I present to the community, and people have said that it makes a difference. And that's what I need to hear, that what I'm doing makes a difference. So now, there's something you said that I want to go back to, because we talked about the number of children you have and grandchildren, but you just said something that you, you said, okay, we have a business, and it's about strengthening the family. How How is it that there's a business of people coming together making products? How does that end up strengthening the family? When you see, here's a prime example for you. Our new space is located in the same building on the same floor. We're relinquishing the storefront, but we're gaining a space in the back with a, with a room that we'll be able to have different conferences, even someone will, will be doing a dance class in this space. So imagine this. This space is a raw space. We're coming in. As a collective, we cannot pay to have painters come in. We can't pay to have someone come in and do the, the physical aspects of uh, securing a space and preparing it open. So what do we do? We put the call out. Who shows up? My granddaughter's there. She has a paint roller in her hand. My son comes through. You know, he's bringing his, his, he's bringing his son, my grandson, with him. And everyone's hands are working. Everyone's hands are moving furniture in. People's hands are painting. We're wiping down walls. So imagine for a moment that when you do that, the community shows no one's getting paid because that's not what this is about. This is about what Ujima represents, the collective work. So it was a moment for me to look up and see my granddaughter, who looked very, very nice that morning, nicely dressed, taking off her jacket and putting her hands to the work. And when you see that, you know that they not only care about you, but they care about what you're doing. And my granddaughters have been a part of a lot of the vending, which you don't get paid for these kinds of things. They've shown up and supported the artists and, and giving them support and doing work with the different projects from silk screening to painting journals to 3D printers. And there are so many things that I've watched my granddaughters, my daughters, my sons do in collective ways along with other family members. I consider each person who comes in that door as a part of my family. Amen. Listen, what you're talking about is the cooperative values. The cooperative values are based on the values of self-help, helping self, self-responsibility, taking yes. care of self and being responsible, democracy, working together, one yes. year, one vote, equality, yes. equity, and solidarity, solidarity of the whole community moving. You're moving yes. space, but the whole community has to come together and prepare that space and then move everything into that space and get it ready for the things and in, in the tradition of the founders of cooperatives, cooperative members believe in the ethical values of honesty, yes. openness, social responsibility, and caring for others, yes. caring for one another. And that caring for one another is a big reason that I love co-ops. So that's what you've just talked about and how it helps families. And I'm glad I came back and asked you that question because, and that was a great, great example. And what you basically gave to moving the furniture and getting the space ready is a family uh, event. And yes. that's 
your family members and the other women's family members and everybody coming in and as one huge extended family, which is the way we got out of slavery in the first place. How we made it was it was not, okay, you're my sister, my brother, my help you. is you are a human being that needs help, and we're going to help each other. Yeah. And so that's what happens in this cooperative world. And the other example you gave is your children and grandchildren come out and they help with screening and face painting and painting and whatever other kinds of things that are going on. So they're getting these skills and not only the skills of the different things that they're doing, but the skills of working with people and the relationship skills and selling skills and being happy and open with people. That's great stuff to have. They're getting, you said they're not getting paid, but they really are not in terms of dollars. Not monetarily. No, not, not at all. We call that brother across the board, community engagement. I got it. We engage the community fully. And the food piece is essential. It's about good food. It's about the nutrition of mind, body, and spirit. And so a lot of the work that we do speaks to those things on different levels. And we're appreciating having the opportunity to serve the community in that way. And the fact that people come to us and tell us that they are better for it, that they walk in and say that it feels this kind of special that it feels good to them, that it that it relaxes them, that it affirms them in so many different ways. That's what tells us that we're doing the right thing because our community lets us know that we're serving them and serving them well. So we've got to take our second break, so I'm gonna let you know so that I don't get you cut you off when you're talking. And I really wanna come back and talk about the different products that you all have the number of people that are in the cooperative and like, how do you really get paid? How do the, how do the people get paid? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the, the principles of cooperatives and just to see how people can create both social wealth. We talked a bit about your children and so forth, getting social wealth, but also how you get financial wealth in this cooperative where you may not have gotten before. So we're going to be right back. We're going to take our second break, and then we'll come back and talk about these things. Thank you, Frankie. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOF, and 95.9 FM. Welcome back, everybody. This is Vernon Oaks, and the program is Everything Cooperative. And we have Ms. Frankie D. Harris on the phone with us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, representing Ujima Collective. And I want to start off, Frankie, by talking about the different forms of co-ops. And there are basically four different types of co-ops. There's a co-op that's owned by the employees, and that's called a worker cooperative. And therefore, any business you could think about, if it's owned by the employees, owned and controlled by the employees, it could be a worker cooperative. It's a consumer cooperative are those that are owned and controlled by the people that uses the products or services. And for consumer cooperatives, a lot is the credit unions are consumer cooperatives, the housing co-ops. There is a uh, health clinic in Madison, Wisconsin, that's owned by the patients. And so they set up the policies and procedures Um, So that's a consumer cooperative. And then you have a purchasing cooperative, and that's with people come together to buy things. They could buy a 
farmers come together to buy tractors or buy their seed together to get a larger volume, cheaper price, better product. And you have people working in the purchasing cooperatives, the, the staff that get to be skilled at putting together contracts and working with folks. So artists are beginning to do that too, uh, a lot of coming together and buying that warehouse space or that space to that they'll need to do and buy their stuff that they need for their business. And then you have the marketing cooperative that's on the other end where they sell their products. So I get that Ujima is a worker cooperative because the people that work in it own it, but you also buy things together like space. And you also have events where you sell your products together. And so you're also act as a purchasing cooperative and a marketing cooperative that are owned by the workers there. Does that kind of fit for you? That that would that would be that would be accurate. We are also a nonprofit. Uh-huh. So for us, we are the individuals who make the decisions, which is really I think different for me where for someone to ask you what it is you would like to do or see in your work environment is not common. For someone to seek your opinion on scheduling or programming is not really common, at least for me. And so at this stage, so, what so, I've been able to... Let me make sure I get this clear. You said in your jobs that you had before and the work that you did before, people didn't come up and say, what do you think? No, how, no, how should we do no. this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that, I think that most of us do not have that in our history. That's right. Usually it's whatever assigned situation or position we have. Can I say it a little bit? Can I say it a little bit different? And do it, and then we have a supervisor that we answer to. Yeah, and that supervisor say, "Do what I tell you to do." Don't be yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. So here's what's different, and I have to really, really, really acknowledge this: the acting director is one who falls right within the age range of my children, and what I can tell you is, over the past three, four years, we have worked. Side by side. When I say work, I mean just that. All decisions, everything that that needs to happen. I give her all of the physical support that I can possibly give. And here's the reason why. When you watch someone struggle, have their challenges, persevere. And the biggest thing that I saw was integrity. That's the word I serve, that's the word I walk in, that's the word I give, that's the word that means so much to me. When you watch someone take on something so important that other artists are depending on and do it with her heart in the way the wolf does, I cannot do anything except support her. And I let her know that I am there for as long as I need to be to make sure that, A, she's okay, because with her, that's the coordinating aspect. You need someone at the helm. You need someone, you know, taking on that, that business part. It's still a business, and it has to be run in, with that type of integrity. When I watch her with the artists and artists, when I watch her, you know, writing um, for grants, when I watch her giving of herself and doing the kinds of things that not everyone's going to do, because it's the idea of thinking if no one's watching, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And your integrity is the only thing you have when there's no one else to tell you, don't do that or don't do it that way, do it this way. But for her and for her direction and for her insight, I follow her anywhere. She has wonderful insight. She has the type of spirit that 
make Ujima Collective the kind of place that I want to be in. And so when you know all the moving parts, somebody has to order everything. You know, you can't just run a business because you say so. Mm-hmm. You have to keep the Internet going. You have to keep the phone lines moving. You have to keep the electricity on. You, you know, you have to keep the vendors paid. And when I watch her do those things, the only thing I can do is respect her position and follow her in the way that I am to follow her, even though I could be her mom. And to me, it means so much to follow someone with the kind of integrity that I've seen her have. And the operation of Ujima Collective is better because of her direction, because she's had to make hard decisions. I'm there with her. It's not like she does it on her own, but I still have to give her to, to the place of having the first voice to even say what it is we need to be considering. What do we need to look at? What things do we need to change? And if I'm not willing to do that, then I shouldn't partner with her because I won't be helping her. I'll be a hindrance. And because she has such great observations, because she has such great insight, I think if you've done something long enough, why wouldn't I consult you? If if you've been there and you've, you've gone through these different experiences, why would I not lean on your experience and your expertise? And so that's exactly what I do. I respect her. I give her 100% when I walk in the door, and I will always do that for her because she's demonstrated that this is a very real endeavor. This is not something we're just doing on the weekend. How many How many people are, what makes up the collective? How many different people? Here's how the, our collective works. Okay. We have members, and I want to say at this time membership somewhere around 35 to 40 people. There may be more because we've, Things change every day. Then we have our artisans who are the individuals who provide the physical work. And they can be one of two. They can be members or they can just be artists with consignment. Consignment means that they simply bring their work in and they're not necessarily an active physical member, but Ujima Collective does support them as artists and artisans simply by making their work available to the community. And that's one of the big ways that, that we provide financial support for artists and artists because selling the work is really what will make the difference. And it might seem small, but when those checks come in the mail, the vendors will tell you that check helped them that month, and that's how that works. So, okay, you got 30, 35, 35 to 40 members. Are those mostly artists, different types of artists? You know what? They are individuals who have come into the space, have seen the work that Ujima has been doing, and simply want to be of financial support. And if I could tell you what that means, I wouldn't have the time nor the words. Mm. Someone looks at you and says, you know what? You all are doing a wonderful job. And they slide across the counter to you a check. And you're not thinking about it nor expecting it. And how about this? There are even people who support us in this way. When they make a purchase, they leave the chain, and that's a donation. Those things happen consistently with Ujima Collective. They happen consistently with individuals who got more than they came for when they entered our doors, and they feel that they want to not just say that they were in Ujima Collective, but they want to support us in greater ways. So in some of the financial aspects, those are the things that people will do. 
Well, I met Lakeisha Wolf a little more than a year ago, and she was on the program last year. And we were so impressed, uh, Pat Thornton and I. We, we met her. She was on a panel. And she was there with her husband and her baby. Yeah. That, that was impressive right away. Yeah. As a family, they were there. And what she had to say, so I asked her when immediately, either pat her eye and said, will you be on the program? And she was, and just taken aback. And I threatened last year to come see you all, to drive up to Pittsburgh. But now listening to you, okay, I'm coming before next year, before this time next year. I'm coming Oh, my up gosh, there. that would be so wonderful. And there are some artists around here, both musicians and artists that are either in poetry or making things that are talking about creating a cooperative. And it's, it's because you get people, 5, 10 people, 15, 20, 35, 40, when when you add your pennies together, you have dollars. And you add dollars, you have thousands of dollars. And that, therefore, you can get things done. And then you have, you said, the spoken word, but also when people come together and say, we're going to do this and rub shoulders and get things done that you could not do on your own, uh, that's where the, the work of co-ops. And I have it, Frankie, that as human beings, it's our core nature to work together. It is. Okay. It, that's the core sense of it. I am because you are, and you are because I am. Ubuntu is what it's Ubuntu, called in South, that's in South word, Africa. Okay. That's it. And I eat, be, you know, the, it, it's the same. Whatever I have, I am because you are. And if we can get that, we've gotten something really special to understand it and to live it. That, that I think, is, is the real point, is what we say my thing is with a lot of young people, and we have partnerships with some of the universities, and more and more and more people are seeking us out because of the work. And that's what the point is, that we're having an impact, that people are being awakened by understanding and knowing that it's, it's inclusive, not exclusive. Mm-hmm. Inclusive work. I want you to be a part. I need you to be a part. What talent do you bring? What skill do you have? What time can you give? And everyone can do something. I think that's what's interesting. When we bring, we have students who come to us from Ireland, for instance, and my goodness, is that an experience. (laughs) And when you find out that though there are religious types of challenges and issues in their country, they are the same challenges that we experience in, the, in this country, under the guise of racism. They are the same. And I'm telling you, when you sit down and you begin to unpack these conversations and you recognize that the impact is the same for you as it is for them, what I say to them is to be a part of the change, be a part of the voice. And the, the thing is, when you ask them what they do, a lot of times they say, oh, I'm just a student, or, you know, I don't really do anything. But the closer you look, you find the talent, you find the skill. When we do our maker sessions, you should see the young people go all the way in. What's a maker, what's a maker session? A maker session is when we, when we do these groups, there's always an activity that speaks to the conversation. And so it can be anything silk screening to using fabric to make fabric flowers to painting in a collective way, 
to jewelry making. So it really depends on. I want to play. I want to play. You need to. These are enriching. And then at the end of it, you have something tangible. The conversation was enhanced because of it. But then in your hands is a beautiful piece of art. And a lot of times it's something you can take with you. And guess what? A lot of the times it's pieces we actually end up selling in the boutique. How beautiful is that? What well, I mean you make they make it there and then they can also sell it there? Yes. And get some money? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> from from idea to creation to money? <laughs> yes. And we provide the raw materials. And we very rarely charge for, for these things. There's very rarely a charge to these maker sessions because we want the community to come. We want individuals to feel that this is for you because it is for you. And so we invite the hands to come. We invite the voices to come. We invite the communities to come. And we love the idea that people really, really, they get into it in ways that you wouldn't believe. We have to take our last break. And I'm going to want to know how to get a hold of you or how you get a hold of me to let me know when you're having these things. That may be the impetus to get me over there. We'll be right back. Please do not touch that down. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, WOS, and 95.9 FM. The National Cooperative Bank sponsored this program. NCB wants, wants you to get the information about cooperatives so you can find out about co-ops that you can go buy in cooperative stores or you can create your own if you have an issue in your community. <clears throat> if jobs is a concern, make up your own jobs. Self-help. If there is problem with rainwater or stormwater, then you need to clean those up, as they have done here in the district uh, and in Prince George's County. You can create a cooperative to go clean up the water basins that run into the Potomac River. So, whatever it's a problem in the community, you can create a cooperative to solve that problem. That's why NCB is sponsoring this program to give you this information. So with that, Frankie Harris, about Ujamaa Collective in Pittsburgh, how would one find out about how they can either come to Ujamaa or buy? Can you buy online? Is there some way? How do you get a hold of you? We are doing, how would I say this, all of the above. (laughs) We are really changing our footprint, and I'll say it this way, understanding and knowing that the e-commerce is a big deal for us at this time simply because of the accessibility. So Ujima is currently working to bring our e-commerce site not just online but sharpen and, and polish it up so that the accessibility to the merchandise and artists and artisans and even to share the information regarding the programming we're doing and the different types of maker, we call them maker um, events that we're that we will be hosting as well, um, doing a series of what are called lunch and learns, bringing individuals. I love to think of the seniors coming out. I love to think of you know people on spring break or what have you coming in in, in the afternoon. Just imagine you got a nice a nice lunch and you get to have a great conversation and and get yourself involved in an activity. 
Ujima Collective is located at 1901 Center Avenue, moving into Suite 103, that's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15219. Our phone number is 412-228-5160. And, of course, you always look Ujima up online, ujimacoop.org. Um, so there's just a lot of different things that we're doing. We like to keep our finger on the pulse. The idea that you can just walk in and drop in, which is a wonderful thing. But also, when you communicate with Ujima, if you are part of our constant contact, you will simply receive updates on everything that we're doing. If there's a, um, a program that's going on that you want to be a part of, if there's an artist or artisan that we're featuring, we will let you know that. If there's a sale going on of things and items that you would like to have, that information will be posted um, on the website as well as in the constant contact. You'll get that kind of update. So at this point, we're, we just want to be not just viable, but we want to be accessible. We want to have a greater impact throughout the community, actually. So you're spelling that U-J-A-M-A-A Collective, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Okay, when I go online, I look up ujamacollective.org. It comes up, but it, it comes up, but nothing. when I click on it, nothing shows up. Okay, here's the thing. We're going to upgrade that, which is really yesterday we were working with the, the Comcast. So we're probably in a change. So I don't want to give misinformation. So oh. the phone number is clear. That, that answers direct. Whatever new information there is, update, I'll make sure that that is corrected. Because I know we were making a change with our Internet service since okay. we moved, and I'm, I'm certain that there were some issues with that. But what I want to do is give a correct update and making sure to share that information. So for now, just call 412-228-5160, and I'll be more than happy to give the updated information to the website information that I need to give. And is the website ujimacollective.org? There's both. You know what? I don't have that in front of me. Okay. I don't have that in front of me. See, again, that's not my no. strong suit, so no, no, I don't no. want to give I'm, misinformation. I'm, I'm good. I just I couldn't find ujimacooperative.org. I did find ujimacollective again when I clicked we on We are listed under collective, yes. Okay. We are definitely listed. Ujimacollective is, is, is our primary link. So what I need to do again, because I know we did an upgrade and we did a change yesterday, so hopefully that information will be accurate. I don't want to give out misinformation. Now that, that that is good, but the number is four one two four one two 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 eight two two eight five one six zero. Okay. I wish I was an artist and and created that way. I found I'm creative, but not in an artistic kind of way of creating things. But if I were an artist in D.C. and I wanted to join, is that possible? Absolutely. How would I do that? First of all, we would jury your work. If you're an artist, we jury, need to, jury my work. Jury, jury means we need to look at it for two things: for its authenticity, that the, the work is actually handmade, and we need to verify that you are the maker. Because we do believe in artists and artisans. If it's handmade work, we need to make sure that you're presenting your work, and then as long as it meets the standards, it doesn't. It doesn't handmade work is unique, so it doesn't have to be this polished, refined piece. The uniqueness of handmade is that it has that kind of unrefined appearance to it. So what you do is, whatever your medium is, 
if you're able to physically bring a piece of work to us that we can actually look at. People have brought their books. We've read books. People have brought their jewelry. We've read, you know, we've looked at your jewelry. People, we even have a baker who's a 12-year-old. She started as, um, baking cupcakes. So you know what that was. We sampled a few cupcakes. Can I do that too? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I can sample Usually cupcakes. Usually she's available to do a lot of the events that we do, <laughs> and that's one of the best things. But it's just the authenticity of the work. And it is also very, very, very much, I didn't hit on this, fair trade. To be compensated fairly for your work, which is how this all goes. If you are using materials that cost a certain amount of money, if you are spending these hours creating the work and then you are taking your, your work into the market, it has to be fairly compensated. We can't just say, well, we can only pay $5 if it's worth 15 So for us, it is crucial to assist the artists and artisans with marketing their goods in a fair trade way. So the benefit is realized first by the artist, and then the residual effect is Ujima and from Ujima into the community. So that's how that's how this cooperative actually works. Okay. It's a collective work that way. So let me quickly talk about the seven principles because you hit upon two or three of them right there. Volunteer and open members membership. It doesn't make any difference about gender, social, racial, political, religious background. Just open to everybody. Is that how you work with that? For Ujima specific, we our our focus is African descent, simply because that's the underserved market of artists and artisans. Our primary focus is to serve those underserved artists of African descent. So that is one of the hallmarks of what we're doing in this community. And you also talked about you work with people from Ireland, and there's some similarities. So you yes. All right, got it. Okay. Democratic member control. Yes. Okay. One member, one vote. Correct. Member economic participation. Is there any, when those 35 to 40 members, is there anything to pay to get in? There are dues. There, is, there are annual dues that, um, that members do pay, and we're all a part of that. Which, I, When you learn what it takes to maintain something, and when you understand that I invest in my community when I pay my dues, I invest in Ujima Collective to continue to do the work when I pay my dues. I make it possible for the work to continue when I pay my dues. What are the dues? So it's reinvesting is what it is. What are the dues? The dues are $100 for an annual membership. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to become a member up in here. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. I, I can hit that. Okay. Now, so that's under member economic participation. There's dues you put in. But also you get out if you sell your products or if there is a surplus. What happens in this? Now, we only have two more minutes, so we got to get to it really quickly here. These okay. What happens is you get, as a member, you get discounts. You get those types of opportunities where there will be special sales and offers offered to you. You also get a percentage of whatever the sales of your elements are. You get the 60% of what you sell goes back to you. Got it. Now, autonomy and independence, you guys have to have total control. Is that the way it works? The members and have control? Yes. Okay. Then number five, which is the hallmark of cooperative, is education, training, and information. You're all training everybody, the members and the public and young people. You're already doing that. So 
Okay. Cooperation among co-ops. Do you have anywhere where you're working with either credit unions or housing co-ops or food co-ops? Do you have any cooperation among co-ops? We do. A lot of the individuals and the projects that we work on is a collective work with those very entities. And you've already said you're very much concerned about the community and the family. So you're working those seven core principles of co-ops. Now, with the last minute or so, what do you want to leave people with? What message do you want to leave people with? Here's what I tell young people, and a lot of them do come. They come from different universities and colleges all around the city. We don't have a minute, so make it quick. What I say is, be the pebble. If you know what a pebble does, it's small, but it has a ripple effect, and it travels out a lot further than just that small space. So let's let's shoot the pebbles and make waves. Thank you. Thank you, Frankie. It's a pleasure. Everybody out there, live this week cooperatively, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you very much. Washington, D.C.'s News Talk, 1450 AM, W.O. and 95.9.